0: Chapter 6 of The House with the Twisting Passage by Marion St. John Webb. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Zanusha The House with the Twisting Passage. By Marion St. John Webb CHAPTER Six: A STRANGE DISCOVERY After supper, which they had in Aunt Abby's new sitting-room, Aunt Abby took Jenny by the hand and prepared to lead her upstairs to bed. "'All the place has been so altered and changed about, Jenny,' she said. "'I must show you your new bedroom. Whatever has your Aunt Emma been doing to your hair-child?' It looks a regular mop. She didn't brush it often, I'll be bound. We shall have to tie it up out of your eyes. Come along now. Say good-night to your Uncle Nickel. Jenny, clinging nervously to Aunt Abby's hand, went up the stairs, glancing from side to side as she went, taking note of the changes that had come over the old house in her absence all the dark sleepy corridors were awake now and from behind the closed doors they passed came sounds of voices there were soft carpets all the way up the stairs and gleaming stair rods as they passed a door on the second floor the first along the twisting passage where jenny's miss primrose was supposed to live it opened and a gentle-faced elderly lady came out. Aunt Abby immediately stopped and made a funny little movement, something like a curtsy. "'Oh, Miss Lane,' she said, "'those cases of soda-water have arrived all right. There had been a mistake, just as you thought.' Miss Lane inclined her head and smiled, looking down at Jenny. "'Is this—' she began. My little niece Jenny that I told you about, ma'am, said Aunt Abby. Jenny, say how do you do to the lady? But before Jenny could speak, Miss Lane had put her hands on the little girl's shoulders and had bent down and kissed her. I'm glad to see you, dear, she said. And as she kissed her, Jenny felt that she had known this lady for a long time. This could not be their first meeting, surely, thought Jenny. There seemed something vaguely familiar about the lady's voice and the way she moved her head. Where had she seen her before, Jenny wondered. With solemn, puzzled eyes, she gazed up at the kind, smiling face above her. Then suddenly Jenny recognized her. It was Miss Primrose, Just as Jenny had imagined her, here she was, as if she had come to life. Miss Primrose had been elderly, white-haired, gentle, and kind, with the same look in her eyes that this lady had. Jenny had even imagined Miss Primrose wearing a little lace cap, like the cap the lady standing before her was wearing. "'but she had not thought of the white silk shawl "'that lay across Miss Lane's shoulders. "'Miss Lane? "'They might call her Miss Lane, "'but of course that wasn't her real name. "'Jenny felt sure of that. "'You will let Jenny come up and see me in the morning, won't you?' "'The lady said to Aunt Abby. "'I've got some pictures she might like to look at.' "'Oh, certainly, of course.' "'Only too pleased, Mum, if it won't be worrying you to have her,' replied Aunt Abby. "'Children never worry me,' said the lady, smiling down into Jenny's eyes. "'I love them.' Still holding Jenny's hand, Aunt Abby moved on, and the next minute they were passing Miss Ruby's door. Jenny's heart began to beat rapidly, but nothing happened. As they mounted the next flight of stairs, Aunt Abby said, "'Well, I don't know, but Miss Lane seems to have taken a fancy to you, and that's nice for you, Jenny, because she is the manageress, or hostess, as they call her, of the whole house. "'You'll have to be a good girl, though, and not make a noise or anything. I mustn't have any complaints about you. You understand now what I say, don't you?' "'Yes, Aunt Abby,' said jenny quietly on the next landing they passed the door of jenny's old bedroom and went farther along the corridor here we are said aunt abby although you're moved you'll be next door to my room just the same as you used to be they had stopped outside the door of the old nursery oh aunt abby jenny gasped "'What's the matter now?' asked Aunt Abby, a little short of breath after climbing all the stairs. But Jenny could not speak. Her eyes were shining. "'I suppose you're surprised at having such a big room all to yourself, eh?' said Aunt Abby. Jenny nodded. "'Well, it was the only room left, so we was obliged to put your bed up in here. There's been no time to see the rest of the room.' so we've had to leave it. But it has been a nursery, and it'll do very well for you, I dare say, when it's put to rights later on. Jenny listened to Aunt Abby's talk in a kind of dream, while her aunt helped her to get ready for bed. Now go to sleep like a good girl, and there's nothing to be frightened of up here because the house is full of people, and they'll be up before long in the next room. Here's a candle and matches. "'and a drink of water. "'But don't light the candle unless you can help it, Jenny.' "'Aunt Abby cautioned her. "'Good night, Aunt Abby,' said Jenny. "'And, oh, Aunt Abby, I'm so glad to be back.' "'Bless the child,' said Aunt Abby. "'We'll be a good girl, that's all.' "'And she went away down the stairs.' Jenny lay still until Aunt Abby's descending footsteps had died away, and then she sat up in bed with a jerk. The pale light from the moon, streaming in through the window, enabled her to see dimly round the room. Except for her bed, a strip of matting, and a chest of drawers with a looking-glass standing on the top of it, new arrivals, the old nursery had not changed. Nobody had had time to bother with it. Slipping out of bed, Jenny crossed over to the cupboard near the window and opened the door. Inside, on the top shelf, just where she had left it, was Miss Clare's old doll. Jenny brought it out, kissed it, looked for a moment at its pathetic eyes, then kissed it again. Never mind, she said. I'll be here to take care of you now. She carried the doll over to the bed, tucked it snugly inside, with its head comfortably on the pillow, and then whispered, Wait here just a minute, dear. I'll be back directly, but I must go and find out. The doll gazed sadly up at the ceiling, while Jenny, her eyes round and very bright, put on her bedroom slippers, opened the bedroom door softly, and crept out into the passage. Along the passage and down the stairs she went, moving quickly and noiselessly, and on the alert herself for the slightest sound. Outside Miss Ruby's door, she stopped. Someone was moving about inside. While Jenny hesitated, she heard someone come up close to the other side of the door of Miss Ruby's room. Jenny turned and ran quickly up the stairs and crouched behind some long window curtains on the landing above. From below came the sound of a door opening. Then all was quiet. After waiting a while, Jenny stole out of her hiding place and peeped over the banisters. She could see down into the passage with its row of doors on either side. Miss Ruby's door was standing wide open. Slowly, cautiously, Jenny crept down several stairs again. A little farther, and then, by crouching down, she found she could see right into the room. By the table, reading a letter, was standing a beautiful creature, with fair curly hair, dressed in a magnificent pink silk frock. Jenny gazed, spellbound. Then she turned and fled up the stairs and along the passage to her own room, and shut herself in. "'It is! It is! It is! It's Miss Ruby!' she said over and over again to herself, almost crying with excitement. She's come alive, really and truly alive. Oh, whatever shall I do? Miss Ruby, Miss Ruby, but I thought I should find you. Directly I saw Miss Primrose. Jenny leapt onto the bed, and, sitting with her hands clasped round her knees and her chin resting on the top of one knee, Tried to get her thoughts straightened out. She felt bewildered. If Miss Ruby and Miss Primrose had come to life in this mysterious manner, Jenny thought, then Mr. Snatcher and Uncle Nodding and Black Jack and all the rest of them had probably come alive too, and she would find them waiting down there behind their doors in the long, twisting passage. I shall find them all. "'I know I shall,' said Jenny. "'I feel I shall.' "'But how had it all happened?' she kept asking herself. "'To this she could find no answer. "'Of course Aunt Abby might call these people by names such as Miss Lane, "'but that did not matter in the least. "'They would not be their real names that Aunt Abby called them by. "'Jenny felt sure of that. Oh, I shall never be able to go to sleep tonight, thought Jenny. I wish it was tomorrow now, so that I could go down and find all the others. And then she remembered Miss Clare and her disappointment when Miss Clare came alive. Was she going to be sorry that Miss Ruby and all of them had come alive too? Miss Clare's grown up all different, and when you grow up, Miss Ruby, You are not going to be different at all. Besides, you can't grow up without my knowing, Jenny had once said to that beautiful maiden. But Miss Ruby had come alive without Jenny's permission, so what was to prevent her being all different, and not a bit like the Miss Ruby of Jenny's imagination? She looks exactly as she ought to. Oh, she must be like my Miss Ruby said jenny to herself end of chapter 6